0: This is Dental All-Stars, where we bring you the best in dentistry on marketing, management, and training.
1: Welcome to Dental All-Stars. I'm Eric Vickery, Lead Mastery Coach at All-Star Dental Academy and President of Vickery Coaching. I'm so excited to interview our guest today, Nick Fotash. and Nick is the founder of RevUp Dental, a marketing and software development company, Uh, you know, that works only with dentists to track their practice performance and drive more new patients. So I think that's really impressive that we've got someone who's focused on just dentistry. I love that. Nick originally uh, started out in IT and he was helping a lot of dental offices with their technical support and then really discovered that when it came to marketing, many dentists weren't getting a good return on investment, that ROI we always talk about. Uh, just with any companies they were using that we're working with and so money was being splashed around on all kinds of random strategies and activities without any accountability or measurement of results and as you guys know we're always talking about kpis and how you uh, just measure return on investment when it comes to new patients what are you spending per new patient to get in the door so nick and his team Designed a better system for how dental practices can organize their marketing, and their clients typically see between a 40 and 60 percent increase in patient flow in just one year, while often spending less marketing dollars than they were before. So, gosh, welcome, Nick. I'm um, you know, I've always been interested in just how to help dentists get more out of their websites and SEO and this whole topic, and so. I'm super excited just to learn more about what you're doing to help them and get great ideas from you uh, today. So welcome, Nick.
0: Yeah, thank you for having me. I've uh, been following what you guys do for a while. I'm a huge fan of All
1: Star. Uh, so yeah, it's an honor to be here. Awesome, awesome. Well, let's jump right in. You know, when, when you think back to those dentists that were you first were looking at from an IT standpoint and you were looking at, well, gosh, they're not getting great returns from over here. Um, What what were they doing, what were they not doing to get those poor results?
0: Yeah, so I mean a lot of dentists and a lot of marketing companies they work with, they track a lot of metrics that, you know, it's kind of just fluff, it's just nonsense, right? And this happened to me as well when I started my IT business. I didn't know anything about marketing. I didn't go to school for marketing. I figured that, you know, if you do a good job, if you take care of your customers, you know, you're going to get referrals and you're going to grow your business. And that's true, but what I didn't realize is like that's not something you're going to do in 6 months, right? That's going to take 6 to 10 years, right? So naturally I wanted to kind of speed up the process, so I, you know, tried to do some marketing. But I did what most dentists do. I try a little bit of everything, right? And I didn't know what to look for. I didn't have any idea How do I tell the difference between a company who knows what they're doing and one that is just selling me snake oil, right? (laughs) The problem I ran into in the beginning is I tried a lot of things and I spent a bunch of money. I mean, in the first year, I think I spent about $30,000 and my business, I mean, we almost went bankrupt. The referrals were working. I mean, customers are coming in. But again, when you don't know a lot of customers in the beginning, I mean, it's very slow. Now, in the beginning, I would go back to these marketing companies and say, you know guys like the phone's not ringing mm-hmm. um, you know I, I we're, we're spending all this money on flyers on I was trying yellow pages social media SEO all these things um, you know every every month I'm signing checks right uh, for considerable amounts you know customers a couple hundred dollars sometimes you know a few thousand dollars and the first thing they would say is well you know it takes time all right and that's understandable I mean no one's going to have a magic switch they're going to come in and flip and then all of a sudden you just like start printing money I I, I get it but you know five months six months seven months went by hey the phone's still not ringing what the heck is going on here right so a lot of the reports i was getting from all these marketing companies were things like here's how many website clicks we got you here. here's how many yeah. facebook likes you got here's what you're you know like just nonsense right like in website impressions and i remember having a chat with uh the account managers of these marketing companies and saying like Guys, when I sign a check over for thousand dollars a month, you can take that thousand dollars. You can pay your employees. You can pay your rent. You can buy groceries. You could do. It's it's a tangible asset. When you're reporting back to me that you got me five thousand impressions, that you might as well be telling me you got me five thousand dollars of monopoly money. I can't pay my rent with that. I can't I can't put groceries you know on the table with that. Like I, I need something a bit more tangible. And nobody had an answer. I just kept getting a ton of runaround. So eventually, I mean, I got to the point where it's like I either have to do the marketing on my own because There's no more money left, you know, like Mm. this is it. Uh, Or I just close up the business and admit that, you know, maybe I don't have what it takes. You know, uh, I know how to do the IT really well, but I can't seem to get customers. Um, So this I realize a lot of dentists run into the same problem. They they know dentistry very well. They don't really understand marketing. They don't understand what to look for. So they're putting their trust and their faith in people who sell them on these big dreams that fail to materialize. So what happened? They don't track the right things, you know, they know how much they're spending on marketing because they know the checks they're signing every month, but they can't really articulate, like, how many patients did I actually get from that? How many of those patients? were actually patients that came from that marketing, right? Like, let's separate out the referrals and the word of mouth and, you know, cause that's that's not from marketing. Those people would have come in regardless. How many people really came in? How much money did, did I have to put into this activity to get one person to call me? How much money did I have to put in to get one person to show up and accept treatment? They don't know these metrics. And I think that a lot of marketing companies don't track this because if you were to find out the truth, you probably would quit pretty early, yeah. right? um it does take time i mean it it, you know it doesn't happen overnight when i started taking over my own marketing it took a good six seven months of me learning me experimenting before i really started to you know start seeing some traction and about a year later uh i had gone from getting maybe three to five new customers calling every week to five to ten a day right but it takes time to ramp up and part of like what the challenge is is you have to figure out where to laser focus your effort. Too many people they just splash money on everything. Let's try social media. I heard Google likes content, so let's just start writing blogs. And they you know they write five blogs, never touch it again. They don't you know they don't do anything with it. Yeah. Then they hop on to AdWords. Then they try flyers, and you know it's just uh, it's a lot of confusion. It's a lot of wasted time. It's a lot of wasted money, and ultimately there's just no results and just a lot of
1: frustration. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm typing, I'm like, my fingers are on fire here because I love what you're what you're sharing. So the issues that you're discovering is just like, and I see these, I'll get these Google Analytics reports from clients and they're going, Eric, help me look at this. What does this mean? I'm going, how did you get, you know, it could be 300 or it could be 3,000 quote impressions, but yet we got four new patients from the website, you know, from internet. And so maybe help us, people from the dental world who understand what amalgam and composites and onlays are. What, what does that mean when you get a report from a company that says you had all these impressions? What are they saying? I mean, it's just nonsense
0: because if you really look at the analytics at a deeper level and you look at, well, first of all, an impression means that, you know, somebody could have clicked on your website. They saw a yeah. link somewhere, or they might have vi- like viewed your page, right? But now you have to keep in mind, the, the web is filled with spam bots, crawlers, all kinds of n- not real people, right? Mm-hmm. So if a search bot you know, comes across your website, it's gonna count as an impression. Now, is that a real person who was looking for treatments? Like, no, it was mm. just some automated tool, right? So oftentimes when you look at the geographic reporting, Google analytics, you'll find that well, half of those impressions came from, you know, across the other side of the world. It's like from China, from India, from, you know, like these aren't real people, right? So then you nail it down to, well, who came from my area, right? Mm -hmm. And those 5,000 impressions could whittle down to 100, Mm -hmm. right? So the important thing is you have to track um, the end result of how many people actually called and Mm -hmm. how, you know, asking these people, how did you find out about us? Right? Like that's what matters. So we don't report on like, website impressions or clicks or any of these nonsense metrics because they don't mean anything right Mm so as a dentist it's not your job to try to understand like what does bounce rate mean what does time on page mean (laughs) like these are things that as the marketing professional i will look at because i'm trying to optimize the website to to get a better result but really as a client what you need to demand is you know i paid you a thousand dollars a month whatever it is right like people have all kinds of different budgets but i paid you this amount of money it's tangible give me a measurement that is also tangible now they can't a marketing company can get people to call you they can't get people to show up they can't get people to like you they can't get people to necessarily trust you it's to some extent that it is a team sport right but i think what is fair is to report on you know you spent a thousand dollars we got nine people calling of those nine people, five of them book treatment. And of those five who book treatment a year later, if we log into the patient management system, we can see that they spend an average of maybe $1,500 each. Right? So we can work out towards an ROI. Um, yeah, again, it's like my, my thinking is, the reason this isn't usually reported is most companies will keep the client longer, the more they're sort of you know stuck in that confusion. Yeah. right because if you see that you know i put a thousand dollars and i got one patient out of it or, or no patients you know it's gonna they're gonna start to question like well, what am i paying for like this might not really be working right so if you can keep them in this sort of cloud of confusion what happens is a lot of clients will last a year maybe even two years without really questioning things especially if the budget's low i mean i've, I've seen clients where they're spending 500 dollars a month and they've spent it for like four years Mm. And when you look at the analytics, it's like, but you're not really seeing any growth. I mean, if we look at the patient management system, you're you're, yeah. not, you're, you're just keeping up with attrition, right? Like you yeah. gained 5%, but you lost 5% because people mm-hmm. move, people change yeah. jobs, you know? Yeah. Um, and then four years later, I asked them, it's like, what are you, what are you paying for here? Like, this mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense. And they never question it because the bill's $500. But when you think about it, it's like, that's $24,000 that you've spent mm-hmm. in those four years. That's actually quite a bit of money, right? Um, now, by the time that that client leaves, it doesn't matter because they've already signed up another 10 and those 10 are going to stick around for a year, two years, three years, you know, some are a bit more diligent with looking at the numbers and the financials, but some aren't right. So when those 10 leave, they've signed up a hundred. Right. So, um, yeah, it's important to really track that bottom line and it's not your job as a dentist necessarily to do the calculation and and prove that it's working. I mean, it's up to you to demand in the beginning. It's like, Hey, if I give you a thousand dollars, how are you going to prove that this actually worked? How are you going exactly. to measure it? How are you going to track it? And when you start asking these questions, you'll see a lot of them don't have good answers for this. So how do you track what's important?
1: What do you guys do differently there?
0: So we realize like you have to listen to every phone call and you also have to log into the patient management system. So um, just because somebody clicks a button on the website doesn't mean that they're a conversion right so a lot of the time um, you know marketing companies will track how many people submitted the request an appointment form yeah but they don't check well was this an actual patient or was it someone trying to sell me on seo services <laughs> right so they don't actually check like well what was that submission was that like how hmm. can we validate this was it a real person right so that, that that's the first thing you need to one look through the re- like submission request and see like does this look like a real person or is it spam Now, the way we do it in our forms is if you were to request an appointment, you have to answer about like 30 questions and most people, even us included, originally we thought, you know, if you ask too many questions, it's going to turn a lot of people off. You're making them jump through too many hoops, but we actually found it was the opposite. Uh, Our conversion rates doubled the more questions we asked. So we would say, okay, you're looking for an emergency appointment. Are you in pain? What kind of pain? When did it start? What happened? Uh, do you have insurance? Uh, who are you with? Uh, have you been to a dentist before? When's the last time? Do you have any X-rays? So it's impossible for somebody who's a spammer to fill this out because it doesn't make sense. There's no field of like give us a message. I mean, yeah. it, it takes you through a list of questions. So um, that's number one. But if so they did call, you say did you say thirty questions? Is that what you said. Yeah, it, it asks more or less questions depending on how you've answered the previous one. So if gotcha. you say, I'm in pain, well, we're going to ask what kind of pain, how long have you had it, have, yeah. are you taking any uh, antibiotics or ty- like, you know, any medication? Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, so it's so it's fluid. So it can be like 20 to 30 questions usually. Now, most of them are are still going to be callers, right? So you're going to get people calling in and, you know, luckily we live in a very, you know, like a modern world where you can track and record calls. We've had this ability for, you know, decades. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so the way we do it is like on all of our marketing, on our websites, we use tracking numbers. So if you call mm-hmm. that number, it rings to the office. Now, what you can do very easily is set up a call flow that says, thank you for calling ABC Dental. If you're a new patient, please press one. If you're existing patient, press two. So we do that, and every time the person presses one, it tags it as a new patient. It sends a follow-up email to the dentist and their staff with the recording of the call. Now, some people don't listen, right? So they'll just push zero, or they don't. You know, they're they're an existing patient. They just push one. They're just trying to get to a person. So you need real people to listen to the calls, right? So we've hired a team in in North America, uh, like a remote working team, and they listen to every single call, and they all have uh, customer service backgrounds, right? So they'll listen for. Did we answer the phone nicely? Was it a warm greeting? I mean, you'd be surprised. Some of of these calls, you know, someone calls in and it's like, hello? It's like, hi, is this uh, ABC (laughs) Dental? It's like, yeah, how can I help you? And it's like, (laughs) you know... (laughs) It's, uh, so of course, when you look at the stats, you see that the conversion rates are low. It's like, why is that? It's like, well, you made a terrible first impression, right? So, um, it's one thing to do the marketing, uh, and have a nice website. But if, when I call you, you, you know, the customer service is lacking, it's not going to go anywhere, right? Like you, as your dental practice may look like a Ritz Carlton hotel from the outside, but if mm-hmm. I call you and you give me a motel sticks experience, <laughs> I'm not going to come in, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, once you start listening to the calls, you start seeing a lot of issues, right? So most practices, their problem isn't external. It's not so much, uh, you know, the reason you're not successful because you don't have Facebook. It's not, it's not that. More often than not, it's really the internal issues that are the problem. It's why we're, uh, you know, a big fan of All Star because you, you deal with the core of the issue is that it's easy to get them to call you but you know if people don't like you if they don't trust you they have a lot of options to pick from in dentistry they can just go to the person down the street you're not the only dentist there right so that customer service is a big component but when we listen to the calls we ensure like who called what were they calling about was it a new patient existing patient how did the call go did we secure the appointment what did we do well what didn't we do well what can we do better right um and the funny thing is once you start building a system of accountability like this and initially the system was built for us to to show the dentist like look you're giving us money we are actually giving you real legitimate leads not not referrals not word of mouth people who say who are saying on the phone i found you on google right but if you have that system of accountability for your staff as well things naturally improve right uh most clients we work with you know average missed call rate is like one out of three now first thing that comes up when you point this Mm -hmm. out is well, I mean, if they call at 9 p.m. at night, how am I supposed to answer the phone? It's like, guys, no one calls you when they know you're closed, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, 99% of the missed calls that happen in a practice happen during regular business hours, okay? Uh, it's very rare that somebody's going to call you at 9 p.m. at night, right? They mm-hmm. know you're closed, okay? Now, what happens when you show them, like, hey, one out of three calls? like, you're, Imagine, like, I, I take your marketing budget. And I take a third of it and just light it on fire. That's basically (laughs) what you're doing, right? Like uh, one third of your calls don't even get answered. And that one third is average. I mean, sometimes it's even higher than that. But once you start reporting on it, guess what happens month two? Drops to 20%, then 10%, right? So, uh, you know, naturally, if you shine a spotlight on things, then, you know, they they tend to improve, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, no, tracking, you know, you don't have to track a million different things, but it is important to track who calls, how many of these calls are new patients for existing patients? Did we actually book them? You know, Did we do a good job? Did we even ask the patient their name? Yeah, uh, Like just basic little spot checks like that. And then once the staff know that you're paying attention, guess what, it improves.
1: Yeah, accountability. And what you measure, you improve. We've heard that before. And accountability creates a great uh, system for process. I mean, coaching, we use it. And, and it's exactly why in our KPI tracking and our, our coaching through KPI, we have a new patient tracker in there, where you're tracking it by marketing source, so you know, I have some clients. It's like, well, how many new patients should I get from my website each month? And so, the question I have for you is, what is the formula for return on investment when you spend X dollars on SEO? How should that translate to number of new patients or case size or or how do you tra- how do you track that part? Yeah, so that's a great question. So basically what I look at is what does it cost to acquire the patient?
0: Number one, yes. right? Because how much you make off the patient is dependent on the practice. If you're attracting cosmetic cases versus, you know, just general checkup and cleanings, hygiene, uh, you know, it's going to be different numbers. But in North America, generally what I've seen is most dentists will spend somewhere around 400 to $500 uh, to acquire one new patient. Well, now nice. I've seen numbers quoted of, you know, per patient. But in every one of these scenarios, like literally every one of them, when I've looked into it, it's like, well, what about the cost of the website? Oh, well, that was separate. What about the cost of the IT? What about the cost of the hosting? What about the the money you spent on branding? What about, you know? So uh, they laser focus on, oh, I ran this campaign on Facebook and I got leads for $40. It's like, yeah, but what about the six campaigns you ran that didn't work out? Mm-hmm. right like let's add all that up right mm-hmm. so um generally when i've looked at it and i've looked at this with dental accountants and dental brokers because they generally when they're doing a practice audit they are very like they'll really dig into the numbers and they'll look at the patient base across north america most dentists are probably spending four to five hundred dollars to acquire a wow. patient now it, you have a couple other ways to acquire patients you can buy charts right like maybe mm-hmm. there's a retiring dentist mm-hmm. in the area you know they want to sell their practice but you know you're just buying the, the charts this ranges depending on where you are in north america for example in toronto i mean they're quite expensive it's about 600 to 1000 dollars per patient chart um, in other parts of the like us for example i've seen it you know 200 dollars maybe 400 dollars a chart uh, so that that's one avenue problem there, though, is uh, if you buy a thousand charts, it's not like a thousand people are showing up mean, yeah. there's going to be an attrition there. Right. Yeah. So it, the, the costs are actually a bit higher than that. Now, there's other options now like open care. Open care is a really great service. Mm-hmm. We recommend to a number of dentists because it helps fill in the schedule. Right. So open care will incentivize um, patients to find a dentist using their service. And, you know, they usually get like a they get like a coupon or something like that um and then the dentist pays open care i mean it ranges depending on where you are in north america but i've seen it go on average from my personal experience about 400 to 500 per patient but the patient will show up they will book treatment if they don't the open care will refund you that amount um issue with that is you tend to get a lot of students um you know and the next time they need a dentist they kind of look for another coupon right (laughs) not not always the case but uh, you know uh, this is kind of an issue with it so For us, when we start with a client, generally speaking in about the first four to six months, we're able to acquire patients for about 200 to $250 a patient all in. So Mm -hmm. our retainer, all their AdWords expenses, like everything, like I don't, I count everything. Um, Now, as we start to figure out what kind of patients are in their area, what they're looking for, like some dentists want to really do Invisalign. And I have to sit down with them and say like, look, it's you and 300 other people, and they're all spending a lot of money on this. It's not the best way to go about it because the the cost of acquisition is very high. We should go after people looking for fillings, root canals, you know, cleanings, because the customer acquisition cost is low and then guess what if they need invisalign they're going to go to who they like and who they trust so it doesn't matter that they were looking for invisalign just get them in for an appointment impress them they're going to go with you if they ever need anything more so as we start to kind of fine-tune it for their area you know uh usually our cost per patient drops to maybe 100, um, and a hundred, $150 and a big part of that is improving the SEO, but a lot of it is improving their customer service. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's just having that accountability, making sure that, you know, most practices, They miss one out of three calls during business hours. Most practices only convert one out of three patients into a booked appointment. Now, when you start working with them on like, hey, introduce yourself properly, ask the patient their name, ask discovery questions, use a transition statement. So all the things that All Star teaches, (laughs) and we we tell them, like, take this course because it's going to make a big difference for you. Then their conversion rate improves to 50, 60%. So what happens is now, you know, you need Before I would send them three leads and they would get one booking. Now I send them three leads, they get two, right? So that lowers our customer acquisition costs. A big part of it is reviews, reputation, testimonials, right? Like building a good name in the community. So you don't have to rely on constant marketing. I mean, our goal is to lower their costs every month, right? It Mm -hmm. actually works out in our favor too, because then it it just becomes maintenance and routine. It's easy for us to maintain. Um, So our best clients, you know, let's say after maybe one and a half to two years of working with us, they'll usually acquire patients for maybe forty to seventy dollars. Now, at mm. that point, it kind of caps out; like you're not going to go beyond. Yeah. That. Now, yeah. what is the ROI? Well, most dentists, looking at their patient management system, they will typically, in their first year with a patient, they'll do maybe a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars worth of treatment. Right. Like some are just come in for a checkup, but some need a full mouth reconstruction. So Mm -hmm. you average out like hundreds of patients, it tends to be about a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars. Most patients will typically stay with a practice for seven to ten years, give or take. Most of them will refer, you know, one, two, three people over over the course as a as a as a patient. So generally speaking, you know, from what I've seen in our stats by logging into the patient management system of our clients, One dollar invested tends to generate between ten to fifteen dollars of production, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And and after about the first year, maybe the closer to the second year. It could be like one dollar would generate twenty to thirty dollars of production. And it's not just because we're just amazing at marketing. A big part of it is, is that accountability system is helping them understand what's going on in their practice every day. Cause the, the doctors in the operatory, you know, they're not they don't know what's going on at the front desk. I mean, we've got all kinds of silly calls. You know, we I, we had one. Um, just recently, somebody called in. was a new patient. They called on a Friday. It was like four thirty PM, and this office closes at five o'clock. And he wants to book an appointment. And the receptionist tells him, "Oh, I, I already turned off my computer. Can you call us back on Monday?" Right? We've had cases where uh, you know somebody calls in for teeth whitening. So the doctor just bought the Zoom whitening system. You know, he wants to promote it. He's very excited yeah. about it. So we start running ads. We start building all the the campaigns. Somebody calls in and they ask, like, hi, do you guys do your teeth whitening? The receptionist says, yes, we do. Uh, are, are you looking for teeth whitening? It's like, yeah, that's why I called. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't call the order of pizza. So, yeah. like, <laughs> uh, And then, and he asks, well, how does it work? Like, what's the difference between this and, you know, like, uh, Crest White Strips? Like, what's the difference? And she tells him, like, ah, it's kind of the same thing. It's actually cheaper. Oh. Just go to Shopper's Drug Mart and get the Crest Whitening Strips, right? So... Uh, When you show the dentist, this is like, do you ever wonder, maybe this is why you're getting 20 patients a month and not 40, right? It's not marketing, right? Because marketing fills in one piece of the puzzle, but there's a lot of steps that have to go right. And I think where the frustration is, is most marketing companies stop at step one. They say, hey, we did the job. We got you the website. Everything else, it's up to you. But the Mm. dentist, it's not realistic for the dentist to sit there and figure out the other eight steps that have to happen, right? They're in the operatory, they need to be seeing patients. They don't have time to do this, right? So dentistry is challenging because most businesses, like as a business owner, you get to sit back, you get to run your business, but the dentist has to work in the business. You don't really have a lot of time to work on the business. You have to be in the operatory in a patient's mouth every day or you don't make any money.
1: That's where we want them. yeah.
0: Yeah. Those marketing solutions that would work well for other industries where the business owner does have time to look at the big picture and actually take care of step two, three, four, five, and the marketing company can do it only step one. That doesn't work in dental. Yeah. You kind of have to have a more uh, you know, comprehensive sort of like a holistic solution for them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you got me thinking about things too that I've seen just clients, you know, just hey you know the website company wants me to do seo they want me to throw this much money at uh, this type of ad and you were mentioning invisalign and things like that so what do you think about google adwords and what's your professional opinion on it and how does it work and people are like i don't even know what happens and and me personally if i see ad you know when i'm doing a google search i'm less likely to click on that because i feel like well maybe they're just trying to force me to click on that maybe i need to scroll down further so what, what's how's it work in dentistry? And, and just shed some light on that for us.
0: Yeah. So you, the first thing to keep in mind is that the way that you might go about making decisions or a dentist might go about making decisions does not represent how the general population actually does it, right? Okay. So uh, I, I'm along the same, uh, you know, I'm in the same boat. It's like, I don't necessarily would want to click on ad, But to be honest, it does work. Like people, mm-hmm. you know, they, they just want the convenience. It's like, hey, you're a dentist. I'm just going to check you out. So people are you know less likely to click an ad but here's the thing if they don't click on it if it's not a real like opportunity you don't pay anything so yeah. it's not like you lost anything it's different if you're sending out flyers and most of those flyers end up in the trash can right like yeah. here in our condo we, we've got a, a gigantic recycling bin right in the mail room because <laughs> what happens is people take their mail out and they don't even look at it as soon as they see that it's just a flyer it immediately goes in the garbage so imagine you had like the way ad the best way to understand adwords without getting overly technical imagine you can send a flyer only to people who are looking for a dentist right now let's say they they pick up their mail and they don't even look at it they chuck it in the garbage Mm -hmm. that flyer didn't cost you anything Mm. even if they look at it for like you know a second or two and they're like nah nah, it's not not for me it also doesn't cost you anything it only they only charge you for that flyer if they take it in their house and they actually you know like look at it seriously and and check out the website right so Mm. it does it work? Yes, because most people that are looking for a dentist they are just going to go online. Ideally, you would love to show up organically, right? So when you type in dentist near me, you're just like the first result on Google. But the reason you would want to run ads is you'd actually get multiple placements. So you could have the, the ad at the top. You could also be listed on the map. You could also be listed under the organic search results below that. So yeah. the, the reason we do it is you'd actually have... Um, three spots you would show up in and mm-hmm. you would take over a lot of the real estate of the page. Now, the problem with SEO in the beginning is there is no, like, especially for most cities, there's nothing you're going to do. There's no magic code you're going to put into your website where in like three months you're going to be at the top of Google. Right. Yeah, this yeah. is the problem. Right. Like Google doesn't trust a lot of websites when you talk when you're dealing with medical topics right So as a dentist, you they fall under uh, a, a part of the algorithm called your money or your life and this applies to any business or website that deals with financial information, nutrition, health. Medicine, uh, drugs, anything of that nature. Google doesn't want somebody to search for a problem and find some magic herbal cure from the jungles of Thailand that, like, <laughs> some guy may built a website last week about, right? Because it yeah. would be a huge PR disaster. It's like no one's going to trust Google if it recommends all kinds of junk. Gotcha. So when you search for medical things, what do you see come up? WebMD, Wikipedia, like trusted sources. So as a dental practice, because you know you fall under that sort of category. You're not gonna sway Google to think that you're a trustworthy source anytime soon. It might take six months, minimum, most likely a year, it could be even a year and a half depending on how competitive your city is in. So in that time, you have to rely on another source. So I think Google AdWords works really well. Um, Generally, we we get people to steer away from like, uh, you know, social media, flyers, all these sort of things, not because they don't work. Everything in marketing works to some degree. But think of it this way if I'm going on Facebook, right? And, uh, you know, I see an ad for a dentist. Okay. Yeah. I click on it, right? Maybe if I need a dentist. But most people, that's not their intention. They're not going to Facebook to find a dentist. Whereas somebody who goes on Google and he types in dentist near me, that person's looking for a dentist, right? So Mm -hmm. the customer acquisition cost is, is typically a lot lower, right? And I think this is something that a lot of dentists get confused about. They're always wondering, like, well, what works? Well, everything works. You can get patients through social, you can get patients through flyers, you get patients through newspaper ads, you know, but you have to measure what is the cost to acquire them, right? So my philosophy is you you put the money into the first activity that is going to get you the most patients for the lowest cost. Mm -hmm. Once that's saturated, then you start to bleed into like, let's say social media. Then once that's saturated, then then you go a little bit further. The way it works is let's let's take an example. So let's say a dentist wants to advertise for dental implants. So here in Toronto, okay, there's about 1600 people every month looking for going on Google, typing some sort of keyword related to dental implants. But they're not all like real patients, right? Some of them could be your competitors looking at where they rank, right? Some of them are people who type in best dental implants dentist in Toronto. Some of them are typing in Uh, Is it cheaper to go to Thailand to get implants? You know, that person's not going to be a good lead, right? So of those 1,600 people, if you're only really taking the cream of the crop, the people who are real, they're like legitimately looking for implants, they're looking for quality. Of those 1,600, there might only be 100 people every month, right? So that's who we target first. Now, what if you want to get more? Well, you know, your next sort of group of like what you target is maybe people looking for uh, dental implants near me, right? They're not necessarily looking for quality. They're looking a little bit more for convenience, but hey, the acquisition cost is still pretty reasonable, right? So that might take you two of those 1600 people, you're not targeting 400 of them. Now, what if we need even more leads? Well, now you're getting into people that are price shopping, people that are typing in uh, cheap dentist that does implants, implants for free, things like that, right? <laughs> so at that point, it makes sense if you still have budget left over to shift it into social, right? So you look at like, you know, let's target people who, uh, you know, they're they're about to get married and, you know, they might be interested in teeth whitening or, or people that are close to retirement, maybe they're interested in implants, right? So. Um, You know you need to take this sort of methodical approach to how you target things and this is what i see lacking is like when i worked in it and i was looking at how they were targeting things it's like if the person types in dental implants we're we're spending money to reach that person so but hold on a second if you look at the search term they typed in um you know, is there a dentist that does free implants in Toronto? It's like, that's <laughs> not a lead. We spent $7 for that click. This person was never going to come in, right? Uh, so they use this shotgun approach of like, just, you know, splash money and let's see what happens, right? And so you to be more
1: specific than is what you're saying.
0: You got to really dig into it. The other problem with AdWords, which people don't understand is the way the bidding system works is a little bit complex. You, you would naturally think, you know, based on what people have learned from like Yellow Pages and all these old traditional companies that, the more you pay, the more you get, right? So like if, if you have three ads, right? Ad number one, you would assume is paying the most amount of money. Ad number two pays the middle amount. At The last ad pays the least amount. That is not how it works with Google. It could be actually it quite often is the opposite. The guy who's at the top is actually paying the least amount of money. Wow. The second one is paying you know, a little bit more. The third one could be paying like twice as much as the first guy. And you think, of well, why would that happen? Google doesn't care about what you're willing to spend. They care about the quality you're offering. So they're going to look at the ad, they're going to look at the website and they're going to reward you if they think you're giving people a good experience. Because long term they're thinking it doesn't matter that you're spending a lot of money if you're giving people a crappy experience. Right. Mm-hmm. If if you're not going to get results because your ads suck, right? No one's going to go to Google and click on ads because it's just bad quality. I'm not, you're not helping me find what I'm looking for. So when viewer like you stop getting um people using google you're also not gonna have any advertisers right so the way it works is let's let i'll use a simple example imagine we're both running uh you know a dental practice okay so you uh, run an ad for under like you're, you're looking to get implant cases so you're under dental implants in new york you know you're, you're you're running an ad now your ad is generic and it says you know we do dentistry come check us out book an appointment today My ad talks only about implants. In fact, if he searched all on four, I'm talking about we do all on four. Here's how we do it, etc. When they click your ad, it just sends them to the homepage. When they click my ad, it it not only sends to the implants page, it sends them to the all on four section. Mm. Google notices all that stuff. It's part of how they uh, index your ads and, and determine the quality of the landing page, the ad and the ad relevance to what those users query is. So what could happen is my ad might be number one and I might be paying $2 a click and you could be number three paying $8 a click. So people think, oh, the more I spend, the more I get. It's like, no, quality plays a huge, huge role into the performance of AdWords. So there's a lot of cases where we'll take over a campaign. The dentist is spending like $1,000 a month on AdWords and we will get them twice as many clicks and they're only spending $400 and more conversions, right? So it's complex, like AdWords is a, you know it looks simple but you how you do spend, it yeah how you do it plays such a huge role because google's thinking they don't care you compete with uh, on the same rules as if it was coca-cola like there's there's no uh, you know the special treatment for anybody right they are going to evaluate how relevant are your ads your landing pages your quality and how effective are they compared to everyone else? So if you have a hundred dentists running AdWords, and for whatever reason, Google sees that, people love click on your ads more. They, they spend a lot more time on your website. They convert more often. We don't know what you're doing, but we clearly can see that you're doing a better job than everyone else. Your costs drop, so it can drop significantly. Wow. So yeah, people try AdWords, they muck around with it, they do a pretty crappy job, and then they don't get results and they assume, oh, AdWords sucks. Yeah. But all of these things are just like tools, right? Imagine like I give you the same golf clubs Tiger Woods uses, you don't get good results, and you say, "Oh, it's the golf clubs that's that's the problem." It's like it's not the yeah. golf club; it's the people behind the scenes who are doing the work is where you're going to get your results from. You know how uh, talented are they? How intelligent are they? How hardworking and ambitious they are, right? So most of the time, when I see dentists that are trying AdWords, I ask them like, "Who who did this for you?" Oh, we hired someone to do it. Who is this person? We don't know. And it turns out, well, it turns out it's like the receptionist's cousin or the office oh. manager's nephew. <laughs> oh, I get it. And, uh, you know, it's like, well, does this person specialize in AdWords? Like, no, I mean, they do photography, they do blogging, they do social, you know, it's like, so why did you think this was going to get you good results? So, but they don't, they don't piece together that's like, maybe it's the person doing it, right? They're like, no, 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 no. Adwords just is terrible. You know, we've never got. We tried it. We never got results. It's like, guys, that's
1: not not how this works. So I'm just thinking, you know, people listening to this. Obviously, I mean, maybe some of them are, but there's going to be people listening to this that aren't working with you with RevUp. So, Mm -hmm. you know, they're thinking, all right, I'm spending, you know, five hundred dollars for my website and SEO, and I'm spending three hundred dollars on AdWords. What would you say to them about? You know, how, do, how will they know that they need to work with you instead of whoever they're working with right now? Well, ultimately, it's like, are you
0: seeing pretty tangible growth uh, when you look at your patient management system reports, right? So the way we started to get a lot of traction is not even through dentists, is through accountants and brokers, because what would happen is... Um, they would do an audit of a practice and they would see that like hey you're you're growing you know five ten percent every year but you're also losing like five percent nutrition and then one year it would it would just jump up to like 60 percent growth and they a lot of these brokers thought oh you you guys probably bought a list or something right like somebody who retired and they would uh tell them it's like no we just started working with this company rev up and they would ask them like well, what do they do for you it's like i don't know just website adwords a bunch of stuff now the brokers having like worked with thousands of offices they're they realize like no these aren't normal results okay like yes everyone does adwords everyone does social media but like they don't we don't we don't see them this much growth that quickly. So we got called in to talk to a bunch of brokers uh, and they were really curious to figure out like, what are you guys doing exactly? And we, we explained how we track everything, how we, uh, the accountability system, how we measure the financials to, you know, see like, does it work or does it not work? Like, are we actually making ROI or not? And we were kind of surprised that they were surprised about this. It's like, isn't this how every other marketing company is like supposed to be doing it? Uh, you know, in the beginning, I thought, you know, while I can afford really high end companies, I mean, I was working people with like 300 a month here, $500 a month there. I figured like, surely if you, if you can afford to spend $3,000 in a marketing agency, of course, they would track these things for you. No, they don't. (laughs) No, they don't. There's companies that they're spending $10,000 a month and they still get their reports on website clicks. And it's like, Mm -hmm. well, how many sales did we get? Oh, it's not our problem. you got to figure that out as the client. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you no. Know, I mean, it's, you know, these, uh, like, how do you know it's working? If you look at your patient management system and you're gaining 20, 30, 40% growth every year, stick with the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are cases where we turn people away and cause I, I think their stats are good. It's like, mm-hmm. I, you know, can we get better results? Yes. But not enough to justify the headache for you and I to go through transitioning. If mm-hmm. the company you're working with is getting you 30, 40%, let's say I would get you 50. But is it mm-hmm. worth the, the, mm-hmm. the transition? No, it's not, it's not worth my time. And it's weird how they're always surprised about that. It's like, what well, would I take you on if I don't think I can deliver enough value? Like, going you're going enough. to cause more problems yeah. by switching to me because now I have to learn your business. Whereas this yeah. company has worked with you for two years. Yeah. But in a lot of cases, I, I ask these clients, is like, well, what do you get every month? Like, you sign a check for thousand two thousand dollars what do they send you back to yeah. prove that it's working yeah and when i see a report on website clicks and bounce rate and impressions it's like
1: <laughs> it's not working yeah 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 it's why i put in the kpi tracker to put it by marketing source and I actually put a yeah. line in that says what do you spend per month on that marketing source that tells us what the dollar for that patient is and of course you know we're listening to calls we're grading them or making sure that their customer service level is high. Because if you can't convert, uh, you're just, like you said, lighting the third of that money up (laughs) in flames. So what happens
0: oftentimes is, you know, a a client will spend, let's say $20,000 a year on marketing, right? And then they'll get 200 patients that year. And the marketing company says like, look, Dr. Jones, look how great of a job we're doing. we got you 200 patients, right? But if you look through the system uh, of the referred by field, it's like, hold on a second. 80 percent of these are referrals that has nothing to do with the marketing right Mm -hmm. and even if you track the referral source where did that patient come from that guy didn't come from marketing either yeah yeah so of so this is where you get to the you know of those 200 patients maybe 40 of them okay maybe maybe 40 of them are actually from internet marketing so when you take that twenty thousand dollars and divide that it's like that's how you get to that 400 to 500 to to really acquire a patient um but but yeah it's like a a, a lot of cases the companies will try to take credit for work but it's nothing to do with them right like it's like hold on a second uh so we log into the patient management. it's like i want to know for my benefit so i can sleep well at night they're like no you put in a dollar it did make you twenty dollars these patients by the recording and your staff have confirmed they came from google and this is how much money they spent
1: that's so important i mean I think sometimes doctors think i'll just throw money at it and put my head in the sand and hope that it all turns out in the end and why waste that kind of money so is there a dollar amount you you say hey you should be spending this much per month or is it just based on practice by practice it depends on sort of what your goals are the
0: in the beginning i know we can get patients generally speaking for about 200 to 250 per patient right so let's say the doctor is doing 15 new patients a month, and ideally they'd love to get to 20, you know, I mean, that'd be pretty nice improvement, 25%, right? So to get those five patients is going to cost me in the range of maybe $1,500. Now, a year later, I might be able to acquire those patients for $100 a patient, right? So that $1,500 would get them 15 patients a month extra. Um, So yeah, like you, it depends on Our retainers don't really fluctuate. Like we have three packages that kind of work for most people and it really depends on how competitive Mm -hmm. your area is. If you're in a small town with, you know, like there's some dentists where they're in a town with one McDonald's, one Swiss chalet, one Starbucks. Like you don't need $10,000 of marketing. You can get away with like 500 bucks, 700 bucks. Um, But if you're in downtown Chicago, you're not making it. Like sometimes I tell dentists like, don't spend a thousand dollars on marketing go on a vacation. I'm going to give you five books to read on the beach, and you're going to learn more with that thousand dollars investment than you ever would with any marketing company, what they can do for a thousand dollars. So it depends on the area. Now, what fluctuates is their ad spend. In the beginning, we try to figure out, is it making money? If I put in a dollar into Google AdWords, does it translate into an ROI? Once we've proven that and it works well, it comes down to how busy, do you want to be? How busy can you be? So if it's uh, a 10 op practice, then they have a lot of spots to fill. So we're going to put more money into AdWords. But sometimes what happens is it might be a a four op practice. They're already pretty busy. So we turn the AdWords off or we lower Mm -hmm, it. mm -hmm. Other, Other things that happen is like some dentists bring in specialists, like they'll have an endodontist that comes in twice a month. Well, I'm not going to run advertising uh, if the person is not going to come in for three weeks. right? If someone needs a root canal, they're not going to wait three weeks. So those ads will stop. But then maybe a week before the endodontist comes in, then the ads will run. So there is there is some degree of customization that has to happen dependent on the practice, right? But uh, yeah, it depends on their goals. Uh, I mean, generally speaking, if you're spending $300 a month on marketing or something like that, unless you're a really small town, I'd say you're better off just like uh, investing that in some training, investing mm-hmm. that in some incentives, take your team out for lunch, you know, improve mm-hmm. the morale of the practice because that's probably going to do more than whatever $300 of SEO was going to buy you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when we do KPI, we look at that marketing budget and we're saying, hey, you know, 3%, spending 3%. Doesn't seem like much when you look at the dollar amount. If you're collecting a million dollar practice, collecting eighty three thousand, you're spending twenty four hundred dollars a month on marketing, right? Nobody's typically anywhere near that 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 budget, and yeah. so, you know, <laughs> I will take say something. All of a sudden, I'll find a client who's like spending thousands, thousands, thousands of dollars on radio, and we put that in that column. How many patients come from radio? it's like one every other month i'm going oh my god we spending way too much money here this ad yeah sounds great yeah. but it and maybe it ran its course maybe it worked for a while but it's not working anymore or maybe it's the wrong time or whatever you, you know transition your money somewhere else now it's time to, to move it somewhere else and, and so yeah i hear you it's it's funny how just by looking at how the money is being effective you really open your eyes and sometimes people don't want to face that music and say, Oh, it's not working. So,
0: yeah, I mean, it is like a big leap of faith to, you know, spend $3,000 a month on marketing, especially with a lot of dentists because they've been burned before. Right. So generally the, you, you run into this weird d- dynamic here. If the, the problem with marketing is that if you put in 50% of the effort, you don't get 50% of the results you won't get any results. Okay. So this is what a lot of them are under this impression. And I was as well, when I first started my business, my IT business that I'm going to put a little bit and let's see if it works. And if it works, of course, I'm going to invest more, but think about it like this. It's like, I'm going to go to the gym once a month for 15 minutes. But if I start to see results, (laughs) I'm definitely going to be serious about it. It's like, you're never going going to get any results. Right. So this is, that's the issue is that, you know, um, you're competing with other dentists, right? Every dentist wants to get more new patients because there's natural attrition. People move, people change jobs, people die, You know, things happen. So everybody is dealing with attrition. It you yeah. know, ranges from 4%, 8% depends on the area, right? um now most uh de- like there aren't a lot of places in either us or canada where there aren't dentists everywhere i mean there we work with a lot of them where again it's a town with one mcdonald's one starbucks yeah. one swiss Chalet, and 18 dentists trying to get patients yeah it, it's it, the biggest issue with the industry now is there's a massive massive oversupply of dentists and new patients have become the biggest scarcity so You're competing against them, right? You're competing against them to convince, to reach those patients, to convince those patients that you're the best choice in the area and that they should pick your practice. Okay. So uh, the way I I, I, like sort of visualize this is imagine you're in a car race. Okay. So if you're in a car race and there's a hundred competitors, everybody wants to come in first place. The person who comes in first place gets the fame, the glory, you know, most importantly, the biggest share of the prize money, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Second place still gets something. Not as much as first, but it, hey, it's still pretty good achievement. Third place gets something, not as much as second place. Now, let's say you are the 10th best driver out of 100. Pretty impressive, right? You're at top 10%. What prize do you get for coming in 10th place? Nothing. You get a pat on the back. You know, thanks for coming out. Better luck next year. <laughs> so the same thing happens with uh, dentistry as well, is nobody's going to call the dentist with the ninth best reviews on google nobody's calling the dentist with the tenth best website so um to some extent it's like we we approach it with this philosophy of we either do it well or we don't touch this project because it's Mm. going to waste your money anyways and we Mm -hmm. tell them like don't not only don't hire us don't hire anybody Mm. for, for the budget you're looking to spend go a different route go through the staff training route, mm-hmm. go through the incentive route, go through the referral route. Like there's other ways to do it, but don't do marketing unless you're committed to yeah. doing a better job than everybody else. And if you yeah. can't afford it, because it, sometimes it happens there, they're in New York. It's like your 2000 a month is a drop in the bucket compared to what other practices are spending here. No problem. Focus on reviews, focus on training, focus on events. There's other ways to do
1: it yeah it's the same in all aspects of dentistry you know there's no way a dentist would say well i'm not going to buy the best product to build the best crowns or fillings you know i'm gonna i'm gonna go really cheap early on and then if patients keep coming i'm gonna spend more money on my my product it goes the same thing uh dentists would never do that however they would do it this way with marketing and they would do it with hiring they go well i can't afford a new team member right now because you know, well, you're never going to afford the really good team member because you don't hire the really good team member.
0: It's exactly
1: it doesn't work that way. A- Apple didn't get to where it is
0: by making crappy products. And then when they were worth billions, then they started to make good products. Yeah. Right. If you want to build a successful business, you need to start acting like one before you become one. Right. So this fallacy and and like, you know, no offense to dentists, I ran into the same thing. It was a hard lesson to learn. I thought you could start in the beginning, sprinkle a little bit of money, start get to get some results, then spend more money. It doesn't work like that. You either go all like you either do it seriously and, and yeah. you make sure you can afford it. I mean, obviously don't go, yeah. don't bankrupt yourself. Don't go into debt to, to do marketing. If it, if it, if the costs are really crazy, go down a different road, right? It's, it's totally fine. There's many ways to build a successful business. But if you're going to do something, uh, you need to commit to doing it well. Like the, the interesting thing is, I think IT gave me a good perspective on this because in IT, you go into a lot of businesses, okay? You're like, we were fixing, problems for lawyers and dentists. And we got to go into a lot of different businesses. Now, a dentist isn't going to ever get an opportunity to visit 20 other dental practices they're competing with. Right? This doesn't make sense. But in IT, you do. And when you're fixing someone's computer, you know, they have nothing to do. So they talk to you and they tell you what it's like in that business. And you talk to the receptionist, you talk to the CEO, you talk to everybody, right? Like you're like a fly on the wall. Now, if, if any type of business group, lawyers, doctors, real estate agents, whatever, in every city, you're going to have, you know, one or two that are doing way, way better than everybody else, right? And it's funny, like, from an outside perspective, if you ask the average person, like, what do you think a dental practice that's doing really well is doing? Like, what do you think they're like internally? You know, the, the impression people have is like, well, they're really innovative, they're always trying new things, they're willing to adopt new technologies, blah, blah, blah. And you ask them like, what do you think a struggling practice is doing? It's like, oh, they're probably just old and they don't want to do anything different and yada, yada, yada. You know, the funny thing is, it's almost the opposite. The practices that are doing really well, they're not like splashing money on stupid stuff. They don't get distracted with like, oh, let's try blogging, because I I read, Mm. you know, somebody told me about it. They're just slow and steady, they focus on, two or three things and they master those if they focus on reviews that's all they do for six months until they're the most reviewed practice so it's actually I will not say boring in those practices but it's like it's very slow and methodical okay it, it, it's quite the, the practices and the businesses in general that are really struggling are the ones that constantly jump to ideas they read something about social let's try social then two weeks yeah. later let's try this let's try that it, it's like sometimes it works against you to be a little bit too enthusiastic with all kinds of stuff stop. And we always tell them, it's like, no, stop doing this. Stop doing this. Stop doing this. We're just going to focus on these two things. And they're like, but that's it. It's like, yeah, that's how, what it's going to take. You don't, you don't need a
1: to-do list. You need a stop doing list. That's what's going to grow your business at this point. <laughs> Cut some stuff out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Nick, this has been great. You and I are on the same page. I really uh, love just talking with you. It's been a great fireside chat. I hope that a lot of dentists are hearing some important, just ideas and concepts and, and hopefully a an awakening is happening where they realize, okay, I got to do this right. I hope what, so. Yeah. Yeah. What, what would you say uh, for those that are listening say, Hey, I, I need to reach out. What just shoot you an email or something. Yeah, if you go to RevUpDental.com, uh, yeah. there is a book a
0: demo button and, you know, we ask some questions about your practice. The only thing I have to say is I, I might have to apologize to people in advance. We only work with one dentist in each geographic area. Yeah. Um, yeah. So unfortunately, these days we we do get quite a few calls uh, and we're actually working with somebody in that area already. So if this happens I yeah. apologize. We do have a YouTube channel as well. You can go on YouTube, search Rev Up Dental. We share a lot of stuff like here's how we do things. Here's how we do the tracking. Here's, you know, if we believe this is something a receptionist could do or the dentist could do, sometimes we steer them that way and we say, Hey, If you don't have the money to to do this well with a company you could do a lot of it yourself actually i'm happy to show you how to do it because who knows maybe a year later you're going to grow your business and you're ready for us to take over and you know so yeah you you can get a lot of value from checking out our youtube channel we post content there all the time
1: beautiful and of course all-star can help you with kpi tracking too and coaching all the things that we always talk about so if you're interested in that send an email to heather at allstardentalacademy.com you know, we're, we're here to, to do the customer service side, the verbal skills, the case acceptance side. People like Nick are here to help you get the phones to ring and, and support you through that process. So thank you, Nick, appreciate your time. It's been a pleasure. Uh, you always have just such a great amount of information when we do our mastermind groups and things like that. So thank you so much.
0: No, absolutely. I hope this was useful to everyone and uh, thank you for the opportunity.
1: It was. Thank you for those listening, uh, for joining us and taking the time to invest in yourself. You know, please share this podcast with your friends. There's a lot of people out there who need to hear this. So share this. Of course, be sure to subscribe to the channel. And as always, until next time, go out there and be an all-star.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Dental All-Stars. Visit us online at allstardentalacademy.com.